Hi there, this is Jim the Keys bartender coming to you from Key Largo. And I'm back to producing episodes. If you're not familiar with the Keys bartender podcast, it's about life, bars, and the Keys lifestyle. Okay, now I did two special episodes because of an unexplained, well, I guess it is explained, occurrence in my life. So on this regular episode, I'm going to recap the... Um, what happened last, what's today's Tuesday, so Thursday morning, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five, five days. Uh, well, on Thursday, during a spin class, and the funny thing about spin class, one of the things I always worried about during a spin class is someone going down with a cardiac event. So what happened? At least I wasn't leading the spin class when it happened. I had a cardiac event. And you can go over to two previous episodes. I did two short episodes explaining everything that happened. And I'm going to do a lot of thank yous today. But I'll try to make it entertaining. So what I had, I explained it as a heart attack. But it wasn't a heart attack. There was no damage to my heart. Um, I guess that's what they're saying. There's no damage to my heart. But I had an arrhythmia. And... What happened is my heart suddenly just went flatlined and I stopped breathing. And I ended up uh, being taken to the uh, emergency room, which is about 50 yards away from where I work at the gym. So I'm going to, I'll go into more detail that. And then I had a, uh, I went to the, Miami Baptist main campus in Miami in their cardiac care unit. They put in the defibrillator. I've been home for, since Sunday. Today's Tuesday, so it's about Monday, Tuesday. Okay, so two days. Two days. Yeah, boy, it's weird. I, I'm pretty sure, or did I come back on Saturday? I came back on Saturday, so it's been three days. And I'm ready to podcast again. And talk about bartending stuff and all that. Maybe I'll get the bartending stuff out of the way in the beginning before I talk about the, all the thank yous I need to give to the people out there. And I apologize if I miss people because there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of things I have to be thankful for and I want to talk about gratitude and all that stuff. But um, emergencies at the bar. You know, a lot of people say, you know, the best thing to do sometimes just call 911. But a lot of times, they're not in the position to be there in a couple minutes. Sometimes, depending on the busyness of the night and how far away the units are, it could take a while to come. So it would, for a small investment of your time, it really would be worthwhile. And I fortunately, I, I went and got CPR training when I got involved with Abby, my wife, and my stepdaughter was about two years old. So I went, I went there. There was a, uh, a friend of ours who was doing, having a, she had a, a school and she was doing a CPR class. She was hosting a CPR class and they had room for one more person. And I went ahead and did it because it was all about CPR for adults and, and focusing on young people too, children. So I figured that'd be a good thing to have. Anyway, 
I mean, I did some CPR training when I was a Boy Scout. I did some in the Navy, but it's been years. It has been years. So I went and did that. And went about 10 years ago, a little over 10 years ago, when I became employed at the hospital as a spin instructor, I started regularly doing, they used to do updates every year of CPR training when you go there for an hour or two. And now they do this one where you go every three months and you do it an automated uh, CPR training. So it's an update. So fortunate for me, I have that. I, I have performed the Heimlich maneuver about three times. Uh, once at the airport on a very reluctant person. I mean, they were choking. The family did ask me to help this man, and I did that. I, w- I don't need to go to details of it, but it turned at the end, the guy was rather embarrassed, I think, at the end, so I didn't really hear from him, and the family thanked me. And at a restaurant that I worked at previous to the catch. But it's always good to have that emergency training, just so you can go and be helpful to someone when something happens. I mean, I haven't been there for someone who was having a cardiac event. You know, it's funny, as I'm talking about that, there's a helicopter. Um, we have a lot of helicopters around here. The uh, I don't know if it's an FWC or a Monroe County helicopter or something, but w- what they do is a, I, I don't know if they're training or just, doing this stuff. They're just flying around in circles here, so that you may hear a helicopter in the background. But that is not a sound effect I added. So if you're at a bar, it's really important. Obviously, the basic thing that you might have the most helpful thing to learn is the Heimlich maneuver. People choking. And you just have to ask them, say, are you choking? Just the first thing, if someone says, are you choking? Speak do something, show me that you're not choking. Because otherwise, if they are choking, the Heimlich maneuver is one of the easiest ones to learn. You just get your double fist, you put the thumb inwards, you get it underneath the rib cage, and you, I mean, hopefully you're bigger than the person and stuff like that, and you just ram that up as hard as you can for someone to, yep, you got to just do it like, you know, get behind them and do that double, double pump underneath real hard until you clear that passageway. Work as hard as you can. Now, when it comes to to things like CPR, now, that's that's the tricky point because it changes so much. They change the rhythm. They change, well, not the rhythm so much, but the mixture between uh, compressions and breaths. So I'm not going to go and give you a half-assed one because that's something, chances are, Chances are you'll be around someone that has some CPR training. And I, I really don't know what the protocol is for people that just do a half-assed one, like a dumb and dumber one, where you go in and you start slamming your fist on their heart. You're not you're supposed to take a, uh, you know, it's very, it's not very intricate, but there are some nuances to it where you go and do it. And I'm feeling it right now where the person who performed CPR on me, I think it was Tracy, I love her, it was wonderful, thank you Tracy for doing that. Um, you have to be very vigorous with compressions and the person will feel, sometimes on the wrong person with the compressions, they'll break your ribs 
But if it's a choice between living and dying, sometimes, you know, in order to make an omelet, what do you have to do? You got to break a couple eggs. Uh, eggs. Break a couple legs. That sounds like something you would do in The Sopranos. No. You don't have to break any legs to perform CPR. And then if you have an AED, um, a, um, oh my God, that's a artificial electro something. I Oh my God, I should know exactly what the AED is. I know what it's used for. There's panels on the AED. And what they do is they analyze uh, your heartbeat and it'll tell you once you put the panels on, use these two panels and there's the tape. You tape it on the chest and a little below the rib cage. And it'll, uh, when you turn on the AED, it'll analyze a heartbeat. And uh, you do this in between compressions and breaths. And you'll analyze the heartbeat. And then it'll advise you whether you need to shock or not. And it'll say continued uh, depressions. Uh, compressions when you're doing it. Boy, I you know I'm just coming back from a, a serious incident, so you're gonna have to give me a break on this, remember all this stuff. But I can still probably pretty much do it. I don't know how effective I'd be with compressions at the moment. At the moment, but um, and pretty much compressions have to be hard and fast. Hard and fast. And a lot of the, the music they use is the, the song by the BG Staying Alive. Ah, 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 staying alive, staying alive. That, that's pretty fast. Now, they've moved away from the breaths as much because they use the uh, compression bulb. You put it on their mouth with a face mask. And I know there's all this terminology for it. I'd have to say, give me the ball thingy and the AED. I know how to use it. I just don't know what the technical terms are for them. I guess I should. So, yeah, if you're ever in an emergency situation, it's good to have someone that knows what they're doing and say, hey, listen, you call 911. You you help me with this. You you bring in the AED. I'll start compressions, right, and rescue breaths. And what you're trying to do is give this guy or girl a little buffer until the professionals arrive, the paramedics. Or the police officers. A lot of those people are all equipped to do it. And they're trained really well to do that stuff. Now, where I was, I was surrounded. I mean, there was at least two nurses in there. And I was sitting right next to a nurse. And I will go into a moment. But in a bar restaurant situation, you may not have that readily handily around you. So it might be you. And it's a scary situation. What if you do something wrong? Well, I'll tell you something. You could do something wrong. But sometimes even worse, it's to do nothing. So, you know, obviously if you don't know anything, you can always fall back and doing nothing. But, you know, in the, in the end of the day, it really feels good to help someone when they're in the need. In their extreme sense of need. Like when they're in, in that distress. So I always suggest that people have a plan. Know your go-to people at work. If they're in the kitchen, if they're in the front of the house. Uh, no, you know, it's nice to know if some of your guests are have a medical background. 
or a paramedic or fireman or, or a law enforcement because they're all trained for that. So let me get back to So that's that. And we're in the Keys. So there's tons of that here. But I'm sure there's tons of that every place where people that are the medical field is, is huge. It's, it's one of the biggest industries in the United States. And you take them all together, there's tons of people you'll find. So... I'm going to go, and I'm sorry for people doing a recap, but on Thursday, I did have an incident. And what happened is towards the end of class, I had an arrhythmia. I'm not going to, I'm not exactly sure, So, but I'm going to say, from what I understand, my heart rate shot up high and just flatlined. And I stopped breathing. And once I stopped breathing, I rolled off the bike and I was spinning, and there's spin shoes I was wearing. The spin shoes were clipped, uh, clipped in to pedals, and they're metal clips. And what should have happened, I'm surprised it didn't happen, is my feet should have been remaining on the bike, and that 80-pound bike, it's a heavy bike, should have rolled on top of me, and my, I should have been stuck on that. My head, I would have fell out. My head should have hit the ground. But... From what I told from the people in the class, I just rolled forward. My feet became disengaged. I don't know how that happened. I, I mean, I, I don't believe if you're unconscious that you have the ability. You know, I remembered how to twist my legs off, but they may have, normally you have to kick them out to get the clips out. There's a uh, a certain movement you like to get th- out of these. So if anybody's a mountain biker, they'll know what I mean. Or, or road racer, you, you clip in the bikes and your feet are firmly attached to it. But I rolled out, went on the floor, didn't bang my head, which I didn't need another, another thing going on. But I wasn't breathing for a couple minutes. And like I said, fortunately, I had Tracy next to me and there's other people. I'm not sure who responded, but they said there were tons of people that came into the exercise room I was. I was in a medical building that housed the gym that I work at. And and in the front of the gym is the exercise room off to the side of the entrance, um, the admissions table to the gym. The admission, uh, whatever, the, the front desk at the gym. To the left of it was the exercise room. So, and that's a medical building. So I don't know um, there, there's a cardiac rehab. There's a cardiac rehab right behind the front desk. So there were at least two nurses there. So I'm thinking they might have been involved too. So I'm going to have to thank them. You may hear that helicopter. So funny. So I don't remember any of this. They said they brought me out of it. Um, eventually hooked me up to an AED after a couple minutes. Uh, pretty quick minutes, I'm sure. And it didn't advise a shock right away. So they continued compressions and breaths. And then when eventually um, it advised a shock, they hit it and I started stirring. And then I became responsive. Now, I don't remember any of that. Matter of fact, I was brought over to the ER which, like I said earlier in the beginning, was about 50 yards away from the gym. It's where uh, the gym's on the second floor. And so they must have brought me down the elevator, 
took me out and took me into the ER, which I didn't, they probably could have taken me in the front entrance. They wouldn't have to take me in the back entrance because uh, right there, carried me in. Uh, imagine on a board, and I'm not a little guy, um, so it must have been a couple people were involved in that. And I must have been in there for a, a little while. Now, the timeline, not sure, because then my wife had been at work at the time, and my daughter was there. So that must have been a good, so that had to be 20 minutes because the distances they would have had to travel. My wife would have had to come from at least 15 minutes away. And it looked like they'd been there for a while. So when I started getting more coherent, a, uh, uh, I noticed the people, uh, I did mention Tracy in the beginning. I know there were other people. I'm going to have to thank them too. But there was Sylvia and Gabriella. Gabby uh, were uh, the nurses there and they, they were taking care of me. And there was someone from Pastoral Care who came in. I had, uh, he uh, was a, 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 a pastor and he asked me if I was religious and I said, well, I'm spiritual and not religious. Uh, even, you know, even at that time, I, I always believed that I know they say there's no atheists in foxholes and stuff like that, but I didn't want to. I, I always hoped that I would be consistent with my beliefs when things got really extreme. And it sounded like it was because I don't remember saying I was spiritual. But that once must have been when I was coming out because I started remembering the things. And then I saw um, uh, Dennis, who was the um, imaging guy. He's, he's a dentist. I've known Dennis for 15 years. And his wife, Angela, and they came in and checked on me. And all the people at the uh, ER at um, Mariner's Hospital. And then they took me on a Trauma Star flight, a helicopter flight from the back. And I kind of remember, I mean, it was such all blur. I remember looking out, you know, I've never, I haven't been in a helicopter in years. And I definitely didn't fly, fly over South Florida. And I was just wondering. I knew as the crow flies, it was about 42 miles. And it took any, it took about 20 minutes, it looked like. 20 minutes at most for the flight from Mariner's Hospital. On a, if you're moving pretty quickly, the fastest you could get to the hospital is about an hour, hour and 10 minutes. But we, they took me in there, and and it's still a blur to f- the first, God, 12 hours, I guess it was, on that uh, Thursday. And the first night actually slept pretty good. But I think things started heating up with the, the lungs and stuff like that because my chest hurt a bit. And there was a little blood in my, uh, I was bringing up a little blood in my cough. I still didn't know. But I remembered the one thing I do recall when I was flying, I, mean, I was enjoying the flight. I was enjoying the gentleman, uh, the paramedics on the flight. There was one gentleman at the foot of my uh, stretcher or the board I was on. I could see the pilots out front uh, of the helicopter. And 
uh, I, you know, enjoyed the flight. I, I was thinking, and this is one of the dumbest thoughts I ever had. I go, holy shit, how much is this going to cost? Yeah, that's what I thought. Holy shit, what is this called? And then I found out uh, uh, later that, um, fortunately for that aspect of it, uh, there wasn't, uh, for Keys residents, it's not a charge for, we have to be evacuated by helicopter. And I think what happens with people when they hear that you're being evacuated by helicopter, they figure you're on the way out. But I guess they do it because of the way people have to respond. It's not a cardiac. There's Mariners Hospital is not a cardiac care unit. So it lent some more, I guess, extreme, uh, I have to say, like an extreme view to what was going on. I'm not saying it wasn't extreme. I did flatline and do all this stuff. But when people hear you were taken out by a helicopter, that's pretty serious. You know, a lot of people that are evacuated mainland, sometimes it's done by ambulance and things like that. But, and I was very thankful they did do that. And um, so I got up there and I started meeting the people and there were some just really amazing people I met up there. And I, f- I realized how fortunate I was. And when it, uh, there was, uh, was my, I should remember all the doctors. It was, um, the, there was a breathing guy named Victor. And there was a, Daniela was a nurse. And Sabrina. And the OR nurse was Hildago. Hildago, what the interesting thing about that is when I was going to get my defibrillator put in, this gentleman's there in the OR and we're talking and he was in the pre-op and in the OR. He said, we got in a conversation. He goes, oh, my, my daughter's also a nurse. And, but I, he didn't say she was in the cardiac care unit. And what happened was on the last day I was there on Saturday, I keep on saying Sunday because I'm screwed up on my days. I had the nurse that started the seven, seven o'clock ship or seven thirty was Sabrina, and Sabrina and I talked, and after a while, we, we was just, everyone was so wonderful. Sabrina goes and says, "Oh, my father works here." I said, "Where's your father work?" He says he works in the OR, and he says, "Is your father Hildago?" And she goes, "Yeah, that's my father," and I said, "Well." I mean, it's a huge hospital. It's a huge hospital. I mean, you go across there. I mean, if I had to walk around there, that would be like a one of those uh, fun houses where you're trying to find your way out if they didn't have it. I've been on aircraft carriers before, and there's a lot of compartments in aircraft carriers. You, you really got to be cognizant of where you're going. These buildings are just like... These buildings are all connected, so you're not in exactly, sometimes you're not in the, in the same building where you started on the same floor. So when they were taking me out, if I had to go back and find my way there, I would had a hard time finding my way back to my room. So while I was in uh, Miami, this is going to sound disjointed because you know what? I don't remember everything. I had, uh, there, was ha- there was a woman named Michelle who was in housekeeping. There was a CP named... Um, Priscilla, I don't even know what a CP is. And, but 
I mean, everyone, everyone that was uh, there was so helpful and thoughtful. Um, it was one time in my life, normally I don't have a problem with institutional food. I wasn't really hungry. I know not because when I got home, I'm still not super hungry. I'm not thinking about food all the time. I used to think about food all the time, which is good because I'm not very active right now. So all these things happen. But the one thing I realized through all of this is uh, everyone that spoke to me, especially the doctor who put the uh, defibrillator in, he, he said I was very fortunate to be where I was because I, I said, well, if it happened someplace else, he goes, and he shook his head. I, he like, do you not? He says, are you a religious man? I say, well, I'm, a, you know, you know, so, you know so, somewhat. I said, like I said the first time, I said, you know, I'm spiritual. So like, and I said, well, fortunate. I like the word fortunate. But believe it, it's spiritual. So I'm kind of on the cusp of that. I'm on the cusp of that. It was really, really good stuff. But it gave me a new perspective, really uh, they say after an incident like that, now I may be a couple days, it's only five days into it, people get super depressed, especially when you're healthy and you go from healthy to having a cardiac event. You could start taking viewing it and say, oh, geez, my life is over. My life as a healthy person is over. The way I look at it is it says, well, I could worry about that. My life could have been over. My whole life could have been over, so I don't have to worry about that part. And then all I have to do, I'm thinking in my head, well, all I have to do is follow the medical advice from the experts as close as I can, find out what I can and can't do, uh, to see you know how far I can push it in the safe in the safe zone, and the things I need to do to alleviate that stress. Now, the defibrillator they put in, it's supposed to be able to detect an irregular heartbeat, and then shocked me. Now, I, I noticed on the last couple of days that I had a couple starts. But I don't know if it's that. I may be like one of those, I am one of those people that can get a psychosomatic reaction. Like there's hiccups. When your body, you know, sometimes it starts when I'm falling asleep and things like that where you wake up. I'm sure that was in court, cardiac events and stuff like that. And they said it's a shock. And there's some, you know, some starting events I'm getting. And I'm thinking, man, is this happening? I thought this defibrillator would be a thing that I might need every couple of years. And the battery's supposed to last 10, 12 years. Boy, that's one. They always say to check your batteries for your uh, smoke alarm. Why can't they put a 10, 10 year battery in your smoke alarm? You have to check every year your smoke alarm battery. But, um, you know, it starts chirping when it's not. That'd be something if it started happening with defibrillator. If all of a sudden there's a chirp, you're walking around, you hear, chirp, chirp. And I go, uh-oh, that's my defibrillator. You know, and then they got to go and change your battery. That's a bit, I guess it's a, a bigger deal than changing your battery. Oh, obviously, I know it is a bigger deal than changing your battery on your smoke alarm. But um, besides the newfound uh, optimism, I do see life a little different. I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone should. It depends on if you take it to a positive 
a positive light or a negative light. I was, you know, in the back of my head, I'm going, shit, how can I be out of work that long? You know, six weeks. They're saying six weeks. I can't lift something more than 10 pounds. That can't be right. And I go, um, because it's my, if I didn't have a heart attack and it's just a shock and why, why do you know, and I'm, yeah, that's my head telling, and I said, well, that's the medical advice I got to follow and I can't worry about it. I just got to do the best I can. And I also realized how many, how many people sent out well wishes for me. I, you know, Hey, I'm not a shy person. You know, on the I did I released two on-site podcasts while I'm in the hospital. Oh no, one's in the hospital and one I got home. I yeah, I think I did it from my couch. So obviously, you know, people say, Well, geez, you're I just that's what I do because I'm you know, I'm doing a podcast. I don't want to not I have I don't have I have hundreds of listeners, maybe thousands of listeners. I just want them to know what happened. And I, I, you know, just the information. It's interesting. I'm giving you my observations of what happened. But I do, what I really do appreciate, if it doesn't, if it, if I was depressed, I would, I shouldn't be depressed because there's a lot of people that seem to care about me. And uh, that's, that's a nice thing to know when you have all those. I wasn't looking for that. I have my wife and my daughter, and they've been. My wife has been taking care of me great, Abby. She's been concerned, and I'm saying, "Listen, don't worry. I'm home. I got uh, everything here. I got the phone. Uh, I got my defibrillator in. So, if anything, defibrillator. I think it's defibrillator or fib. I think it's spelled with D. Br- no, defibrillator. B R I L A T O R. So, or double L. I think it's. Double L A T O R. Uh, the um, and my daughter and you know I I'm not I I always heard that guys really you know, men here it is about men men really try to milk things and stuff like that and I don't want to be I'm walking this fine line I don't want to be seen as an idiot doing the wrong thing or someone who's too cautious and afraid. I just want to, you know, be there and say, listen, I'm doing recovery. I'm living my life. I'm going to do the best thing to get me back into shape for it. Eat the right thing. Do the right thing. Luckily, I'm not, I haven't been drinking or smoking. You know, that's been a while since I did that. And the drugs have been out the wind, you know, since the, I guess the 90s. I haven't done a, uh, any of that stuff. So that's no now, now, and I started doing somewhat healthy thing lifestyle, but I guess now uh, I had given up on the energy drinks maybe f- 10 years ago when I was leaving my 40s. And I started using that water additive, Mio. And I guess that maybe, I guess that is the thing of the past. I'll use the thing, maybe vitamins. Vitamins aren't bad for you. Um, you know, as long as you're not doing too too much in excess, watch what I eat. They did say, you know, I'll I'll, I'll pay pay a little more attention to my cholesterol. One thing about my ego, and then one thing that really bothers me is having to take two medications. A I think one's a blood thinner 
and the other one is to lower my blood pressure. So even though my blood pressure isn't, well, hasn't been high, or I could slow down my heart rate, maybe that's it. Because someone said, well, if you have a lower heart rate because your fitness level, it could drop it down to a level where you get kind of disoriented when you do it. So I'm not poo-pooing that. And they gave it to me for a reason. And I'll see if I need it. So if I cut back on my caffeine, I could do, um, right now, I'll only do one cup instead of five or six cups a day. Yep. Easy. Six cups a day I would take. And sometimes a little more. That was my thing I did. I did a lot of caffeine. A shitload of it. I should be the poster child for the over-caffeinated. That we should be, you know, instead of Juan Valdez, Jimmy the Jittery Bartender. I just came up with that. I think I give you Jimmy the Jittery Bartender. Um, no more, no longer jittery if I cut back on the caffeine. Because now it's one cup of coffee, regular coffee, because I'm not going to drink decaf. Because I'd rather just drink herbal tea then. Because you take the caffeine out of coffee, it's not even worth drinking anymore. That's in my view. But then again, I did drink zero, zero beer, you know, beer without alcohol. Because actually, I like the taste of it. I don't know if that'll ever happen with decaf coffee. I might just get it, you know, just for some kind of herbal tea, like a lemon zinger. You know, just sounds kind of crazy. I have a lemon zinger or a hibiscus tea. Something. Yeah, that's my hard drink now of choice now. Well, this is Jim the Keys Bartender. I'd like to thank you for listening and staying with me. I will have more time to do shows. So, um, I will thank, I will probably throw in a couple of thanks for other people as I go on. I'd like to thank my co-workers at The Catch, everyone from Baptist I know, uh, my, my family that's been checking on, yeah, every, everyone, everyone that's been reaching out. I know I may have forgot, remember, uh, I didn't lose any, I don't think I lost any IQ points. It could be, it could be a possibility because if you do lose IQ points, that could be the IQ points that would allow me to realize that my IQ dropped. And maybe I needed maybe I needed that. Maybe I needed a couple points off my IQ. You know, I was oh well, I wasn't too smart for my own good the day I had that incident. So now maybe maybe I'll just be smart enough. Who knows? Well, I hope uh, everyone's healthy out there. I'm doing all right, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Oh, and I did change the art because my sister told me, you know what? I really like the thing with the shot glass. And I was thinking I shouldn't have the shot glass because I'm sober. But then again, she goes, you don't have to be drinking. You're putting a shot glass up to your eye. No one drinks uh, whiskey from your eye. And I go, you know, if you're doing it right, you're not drinking from the eye. So uh, that's it. I'll talk to you later. Have a great day. Bye.